Hi, everybody. This is Katie. And this is Jake. And you're listening to A, a Day with, with the Bake. It's just us two. It's just us chickens. It's a two-person episode. It's just us two adorable bread piggies. Bread piggies. Hashtag never forget the bread piggies. Yeah. No, I know. They were amazing. They were pretty great. Kimberly is out this week. Also, Kimberly might be cursed. There's some something's happening with Kimberly and her team and people that join her team. Yeah. Do you think it's like a portrait of Dorian Gray, but with the fantasy team? So like as as she ascends the ranks of the fantasy team, the actual team she's chosen for the podcast, you know, has a curse effect, maybe something like that. Is that too much? Here's the deal. <laughs> She's now losing in the fantasy league as well. Oh, no. I found that out yesterday. The question becomes, who did she make mad? Like, what baking gods hath she offended? Mm. I don't know. The ghost of Paul Hollywood? Well, the spirit, maybe. The spirit. Yeah, his spirit. So let's get into this. And this week is all discombobulated, not only this podcast, but first of all, it's listed in Netflix, not as patisserie week, but as the semifinal. I saw that. Weird. Right. And no intro. But I think maybe that's like, oh, we're we're getting serious. It's the semifinals. Or is that because? Allison's gone. Right. It was also odd that Allison was gone. Although Noel holds his own. but Yeah, he did fine. Uh, well, she was missed for sure. Yeah. Let's get into the signature, which is two batches of 12 financiers. Exactly. Which is an adorable little pastry that you would see in a French pastry window. And that's what they want them to look like. Or just a sponge almond cake, basically. There's nothing about these that sound bad. Everything about this, this looks like a butter-filled, frosting-filled pastry Mm -hmm. that i would like to put in my mouth yeah i think that's yeah that's probably fair i think i all of these looked great anytime you're talking about butter that is browned almost to the point of burnt you know that tastes delicious that browned butter flavor and scent that tent must have smelled so amazing Mm -hmm. they say right away that it's a really quiet tent everybody's super focused and i have to say it's a quiet tent because a lot of our big talkers have gone home Could be. That's true. And we also have our talking power cut in half this week, too, right? So we don't have a a second host bopping around trying to get something out of all the bakers while they're doing it. Yeah, who's kind of loud. And by this point, I'm assuming both of the hosts kind of have their go-to people that they have bigger relationships with. And so Noel's kind of struggling like a little bit, not a ton. He, I mean, he's very good. What did you think of his fit? His fit? He has the like leather, but it it's either like, I believe it's paneling, right? So it's like a red leather panel, but that's overall mostly black. Yeah. Uh, I thought that was kind of nice. And then- It's nice. The shirt underneath is, is pretty wild. What's going on there? He's perfect. Okay. And I think he is one of the few people that can mix rocker with goof mm-hmm. real well. It's a goofball rocker look. Yeah. And I think it's interesting because it's a pivot, right? He's known for being goth, but I don't think he's all that goth at this point. He is the goth detective. He is the original goth detective. But he's moving into more of a silly uncle mixed with goth in this later days of his life. Mm -hmm. Not that he's old by any means, but you know what I'm saying? I I like it. I like the pivot. I feel like it's a natural progression and it works. Yeah. Okay, so let's go back and forth. I'll start with Maddie and then we'll go to Josh and we'll go to Dan and then Tasha. That sounds good. So Maddie is doing uh, chocolate liqueur flavors, mango 
one of his sets of six is, or sorry, two batches of 12, meaning I'm thinking six each. Chocolate and coffee liqueur flavored financiers. And then he's doing mango, lime, and coconut Mm -hmm. financiers. And he's calling them a pick-me-up. That's real cute. I think that a lot of his bakes this week have alcohol infusions, which is... At least two of the three for sure do. Correct. And it's a way to prove heart for sure. He knows what he's doing. But he's got a schedule. He's ready. He's clearly terrified of patisserie week for good reason because anyone is scared of patisserie week except maybe dan yeah except dan huh yeah dan seems fine i didn't realize this but that's dan's like skill set right that's what he's good at is patisserie and it seems to be known among all the bakers in the tent which means they must have had a conversation at some point where exactly dan was like oh i'm really excited about patisserie week oh really you're hurt you're excited about the hardest possible week oh cool Probably like Tasha saying, I'm really excited for bread. Yeah, it, it, is, it is exactly like that. It's a little bit of a baking flag. Mm-hmm. It definitely is. But Maddie and Noel have a conversation about both of them not liking the silence in the tent too much because it's too grown up. And Noel and Maddie are also plotting to turn people's ovens off and unplugging fridges. And it's great because they do realize that the only person that really isn't going to be on them or checking is Dan. And I fully agree. Yeah. I think that Tasha and Josh will both figure it out very quickly. I think, Dan, you've got a shot. <laughs> I don't know. What would you do? How would it take so long to figure out your fridge is unplugged? That is a nasty one. The oven is easy because you could just look at the dial. No, I don't think it would because when you open it, doesn't a light turn on? Maybe, maybe not. I don't know. Uh, I mean, it, uh, typically it does, but they may not have the bulbs in. I, I haven't seen the effect. It usually looks like it's teal colored if i'm going from memory yeah the fridge might be harder i think that the fridge could really burn somebody because if you're you you're just and you're moving when you're going to the fridge you're just putting it in walking away and it's still sealed so it has some lower temperature so it would take a while to be like wait a minute oh that would be this is too warm yeah see that'd be sneaky but his his judging is oh by the way and prue immediately thinks that his flavors sound lovely, all of them, of course. And then when they go to judge, Prue immediately says, your flavors are so good. Uh-huh. She loves her Maddie. She really does. He was really worried that his pastry was going to be underbaked and it's overbaked, mm-hmm. which is hysterical. Mm-hmm. I sort of liked that. Um, and then yeah. Paul does mention that his pastry is too thick. The ratios are a little bit off and Prue agrees with him, although she doesn't like to because... Maddie is perfect. She would like to say only good things about Maddie. She would. And Paul makes a comment about them being very grown-up flavors, which makes me think he overheard the conversation with Noel. I thought that was pretty funny, too. I was like, oh. It was really really cute. Okay, so tell me what Josh do. So he made perfect pudding financiers. So he's got two different kinds. A perfect pud. Perfect puds. Vanilla custard buttercream with raspberry and flaked almonds on one of them. And then chocolate and orange with chocolate buttercream and then a chocolate shard uh, decoration on top. They have a weird criticism. They look good, but they're too tall. They're like, you could cut these in half, which maybe so. And there's too much almond essence. So I guess he used some flavoring that's, that's bad. busting through. Yeah, I know they don't love that. But the chocolate is is delicious, the, the, the sponge, but it's a little dry and the flavor is good. So kind of a medium showing for Josh on this, I think. Was this bake for someone? There was no tribute to this this bake in this episode. What about Dan? 
Dan is excited about this week. I think Dan was knew he needed to succeed this week. Mm-hmm. He knew it. And I think when he figured out it was pastry week, he was like, okay. Yeah. It's go time. Let's go. Oh, of course. But he does. He is doing something weird. One of his financiers is going to be totally classic vanilla and orange. The other one, though, he's doing pistachio, tonka bean, matcha, and pink peppercorn. And Paul immediately at the word matcha is like, and straight out says, I don't like it. I Yeah, I know. Like, Dan is trying to temper this and be like, look, it's a teaspoon. Mm-hmm. It's a teaspoon. And, <laughs> and Bree's like, well, why have it at all? And he says, <laughs> well, it just sort of ups the flavor of the pistachio, I guess. But he's calling them his fancy financiers, which is mm. very cute. For financiers. And he is he is matchy, uh, matcha matchy, too. He is matcha matching <laughs> as well. He's totally in a matcha. That's a matcha color, right? His it is. Yeah, I think yeah. so. I think maybe it's slightly more green, but but I, I don't actually, I haven't actually put my eyes on it, so I don't. Matcha is green. It, it's like, but is it like a little bit of a foresty deep green or is it a little more? It's like that. It's like that mossy green. It, it is that mossy. I mean, they call it out, so it is funny. I thought he did well. Yeah. He, I mean, honestly, he, he kind of kills it. They look beautiful. I thought everyone's looked great, by the way. I'm going to say mm-hmm. across the board, all of these I feel like I could see. Every single baker I could see in a bakery. Yeah, I agree. I think the only faults were in the flavors or textures usually. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, but they all looked really good. That's why the t- too tall criticism was weird. <laughs> I have a feeling Josh may have done that. Did Josh do it on purpose? It might have been on purpose. I don't know. What would his what would his motivation to do that be? That he could do a thicker pastry and make it taste good. I don't know. It's weird. Yeah, maybe so. But Paul really likes the matcha one. He's like, it's just a hit of matcha right at the end, which is good. And then after he tastes the vanilla orange raspberry one with raspberries on top. Mm-hmm. Uh, Dan gets a handshake. And it is Dan's first handshake, I believe. Yeah, it is Dan's first handshake. And they're called Perfect, and Prue calls it a triumph. Yeah. And Dan says um, afterwards that he was fine with the handshake, but what he's really going for is a Prue fist pump, and he's going to try for next time. Does she do that? Does he mean... That's a fist pump. See, this is a fist... No one can see. We're fist pump. This is a fist pump. This is a fist. This is a fist. No one bump. can see. This is a this is an audio medium yeah. that we're in. But we are doing a pull down as you would go into a fist. That's a fist pump. What is Tasha doing? She has a fancy fruit nut financier. So there's two, obviously, pistachio sponge with a raspberry Swiss meringue buttercream and then fresh raspberries on top. And then a hazelnut and coffee sponge with a coffee chocolate ganache and then caramelized hazelnuts on top. <laughs> it's hard to say because Prue says, oh, they look lovely. And Paul says, they look pretty rough. Good to know. I don't get it. I thought they looked fine. Did you think they looked rough? No, not really. Not really. Okay. Maybe there were some raggedy edges is what I thought maybe they were calling rough. But I, I honestly was like, okay. That's rude. Interesting criticism. The bake is perfect on the chocolate one. Pistachio is slightly overbaked. Overall, they, you know, I feel like she is probably in fourth place in this particular segment of the competition. I did not like this. You didn't like I it? I did not like I did not like that they were setting her up at this point, it felt like, and I was getting extremely nervous. I didn't get nervous until until the beginning of the technical. And that's when I was like, oh boy. Okay, what about the beginning of the technical? Well, you should we go into the technical? Yeah, go, go. What okay, is it? okay. Well, 
It is a Prue challenge. They have two and a half hours, and they're making tart a palm, which is an apple tart, but a particular kind of apple tart. But the one you see, the fancy one. It's I've never seen that one. I thought it looked great. Oh, I've seen You've that seen with that the one? little thin sliced apples on the top. Yeah, they're they're gorgeous looking. But where do I I go to the I go to the the grocery store bakery section. That's the fanciest baker I go to. So maybe I need to step up where I go cuz I would buy one of those. Yeah, you would also not want to cut it, which is an issue with those. Yeah, it's pretty in- intense. No, you just leave that alone. Yeah. It's lovely the way it is. Well, it's a it's a it's a pastry case essentially short it's a short pastry so i think this is the only time they're doing short yeah so it's got uh it's almond frangipan in there uh then apple puree and then it has the glazed apple slices on top it is three separate bakes and so and then they do a glaze on the top yeah there's a glaze on the top it's three bakes i didn't honestly think that everyone knew it was three bakes but that does not seem to be a surprise so People are pretty good at this level. They seem to know that they're going to need to do three bakes for this. I don't know a lot about baking. I'm not like a baking master, but I would say if I was going into the Bake Off tent and it was patisserie week, I would look at this. You think you would? Yes. Okay. I would probably like get familiarize myself with how one of these kinds of tarts mm-hmm. is baked. There are several like sort of famous fruit tarts and I'd be like, just in case. But like roughly, how does this go? That makes sense. Roughly, how is the bake on the pastry level of it? Like how long? Mm-hmm. What, you know, and I, then again, you got to perfect all those kinds of pastry. And then you need to perfect that short crust. Mm-hmm. Just the way that you'd like perfect a mousse or a caramel or any of those other things. I feel like that's that's the big deal with this. They were really intense on this challenge. Maddie seems out of his depth. You'd think so? Yeah, I, I thought so. But what did Tasha? What made you nervous about Tasha? It was just something about the way they set it up that, that just like she didn't seem to know what she was doing. It seemed like Dan and Josh aren't fussed, and Maddie's a little bothered, but but like he seems like he has a plan, and Tasha seems like slightly overwhelmed. She has a bit of a deer in the headlights look, and I was like, uh oh, I see what they're setting up here. Do you think that the way that her financiers went through her? Yeah, definitely. I think so. Okay. Yeah, I think I think that's probably fair because I don't. I mean, someone has to come in forth. I mean, I guess they did have real criticisms about the bake, though. So she comes in last, and what do they say? Let's get to the nitty gritty. The only thing I w- one thing I want to talk about. Josh has yeah. a titanium mesh <laughs> implant in his skull, which I thought was amazing. Yeah, I don't know. can you explain that, please? I don't know really what that is, but uh, but but it looks like I mean he's got some kind of implant from a rugby injury. It sounded like, and that is someone that Tasha knows or Josh. That's Josh personally. Josh has that in his skull. In his skull, yeah, that's what he says. And he said that they had a you know do not press sticker on his forehead. <laughs> And Noel is like, well, when you see that, immediately you want to press it. Immediately. Yeah. Well, I mean, hopefully he's in a healthcare facility where people have better impulse control. I'm going to tell you something. I don't ever want to hear the word nappage again. (laughs) I don't want to hear it. You don't like it? I don't know what it is. I don't like that word for a glaze. Just call it an apricot glaze. Yeah, I don't know why it's nappage for an apricot glaze. Because it's a little nappy. It's got naps in it. Uh-huh. Okay. I don't like that. Okay. I guess that's the term, but it's 
we need to that needs to change. What is it called? Appage? Nappage? Just call it ap- apricot nappage. Just call it appage. Oh yeah, apricage, apricage. These all look beautiful, by the way. When they took them up for judging, I thought they all looked good. I know. They all were able to release it from the tin, too, which is a huge deal. No, I know. It's it's tough. It's a tough challenge. But let's go through it. Yeah. In fourth place is Tasha. And they just Oof. do not really have anything good to say about it. Paul calls it a disaster, I think. And it... Said, it basically says it's raw, and then Prue, you know, adds it has okay flavor. Dan, surprisingly, his is it has some splits and it's a little clumsy, but the pastry is nice and the bake is good. So it feels like there's a pretty wide gulf between their feedback for Dan and their feedback for Tasha. Yeah. For Tasha, yeah. Maddie, who I thought. I, I also was worried about going in this competition. But yeah, yeah, it's neat. It's a little underdone. He winged it to second place. And then Josh in first place. It's neat, but it also he has some splitting. I think this is Josh's secret also that he's good at this fiddly stuff. You know what I mean? Yeah. I think that's like his his he excels when there's like meticulous detail. He tends to rise to that occasion as opposed to like getting flustered by it i also get the feeling that josh has practiced sure a lot more than everyone else (laughs) it is a secret private bakery with his secret private tutors etc with his secret personal pastry chef josh i i really do hope you're so 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 posh because we might be wrong he might just be a normal bloke yeah he probably is but it is fun you said conservatory though so we all heard it as Americans, yeah. that means that you live in the Clue House, the end. That's just, that's where you live. You live in a place that would have a conservatory. There isn't somewhere a one-bedroom, one-bathroom bath- house by the railroad tracks that has a conservatory. One-bedroom, one-bathroom, one-conservatory. Yeah. All the conservatories I know are publicly funded. Correct. Basically my take on it. So it's like, wait, we don't have private conservatories that I have access to, that is. When you say conservatory, I feel like you live on an estate and that estate has a name, like mm-hmm. Winklebottom or whatever it is. Bubble shoots. Yeah. Something like yeah, that. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. That it's going to be Lilac Manor. It's mm-hmm. there's You might have a sign with a name on it. Joshton. Josherton. <laughs> That's it. We nailed it. So what's going on with the showstopper, though? But also, aren't they putting pressure on... They already put pressure on Josh this week about that he needs to win Starbaker. They do that in the first challenge. They kind of do, and he kind of just blows it off, which is why he's a G. Okay. Because <laughs> he, doesn't, he doesn't like, oh, yeah, I should. He's like, well, I only got it one time. I don't think any part of Josh blows that off. I think Josh internalizes that, and that is just sitting in his brain being like, you need to be the best. Well. Pull it together, Josh. He seems unfazed, is all I'll say. So, showstopper showstoppers. What we're doing is we're making Mille Folier. Mille Folier. Sounds like a French artist. It does sound like someone with a hyphenated last name. Monsieur Mille Folier. Oh, Jean Mille Folier. Oh, Monsieur Monsieur Amélie Follier? I'm a f- huge fan of their uh, assemblage. <laughs> assemblage. Uh, this is highly decorated pastry, buttery, flaky layers, a bunch of layers. They are looking for four-layer puff pastry. Prue tells us right away, no rough puff, yeah. no cheap pastry. This is the real deal. This is lamination. This mm-hmm. is butter between layers. We've seen this before on Bake Off. It's fiddly. 
you need to get it right. It's about cooling it and then not letting the butter seep out so that it all becomes one layer. You need distinct layers in your pastry and they're doing layer after layer of it in a cake form with like mousses and creams in between. Mm -hmm. It's like a giant Napoleon. Patisserie week is my bag. I agree. There's not a lot of chocolate involved. I'm really into it. There's enough chocolate for a guy like me. So let's start again with Maddie as we started in the signature. He does three tiers, a taste of Italy. And he tries to name what it's called, and he's like a Zambiglioni. Zambiglioni. He's he's having a hard time. I'm having a hard time. I don't know what he's talking about. Starts with a Z. But he's basically doing a liquor cake. So it's just layers of alcohol all the way. Again, he knows exactly what he's doing. It's not stupid. Top layer is marsala and peach. Second, like in the middle, it's got lemoncello and plum. And then on the bottom, it's got amaretto and lemon. This sounds like it's going to be delicious. Booze in three layers. I'm I'm into this, except for, I don't know why we're doing plum again, but lemoncello is like one of my favorite things on earth. He said his baker's instinct is to copy everyone else. He's having a very hard time figuring out how dark or light his pastry is supposed to be. I think he got real thrown in the signature. Mm-hmm. He thought it was underbaked. They told him it was overbaked. Yeah. Threw him off. Now he doesn't trust his own instincts, so he's trying to look around to see how brown everyone's pastry is as it's coming out. And everyone's is much browner. Which is kind of a problem. It's kind of a problem. But when it comes to judging, they get sort of upset with him because I guess he used a cake ring to Mm. shape his pastry. Right. Which is not smart because it pushes it, kind of squashes it up against the edges. It just makes it uneven. And the beautiful thing about this kind of a pastry is that it's just flat, even layers all the way up. And this gives it sort of a wobble. Although I thought it looked nice. He brought in a cake tier stand mm-hmm. and the, the way it was presented looked lovely, I thought, in the end. I thought that was like, I am not going home. Me too. <laughs> There's a, just like FYI. Um, FYI, I've been practicing puff yeah. pastry six hours a day this entire week. I'm not going anywhere. Here's my cake tier. Hitting the puff gym. But- Paul does not like his puff pastry. No, he does not. He does not like the taste of it, which is huge in this challenge. And I'm going to bring this up again at the end when we find out what happens here. Paul does not like his pastry. Right. He specifically calls it out. Yeah, I know. The flavors are good, though. That's great. But your pastry, which is the biggest part of this challenge, even according to Prue, is not good, Maddie. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, Prue even kind of like does a little dance to try to defend it, but like ultimately winds up basically conveying that it's it's not not that good. It's ridiculous. Uh, what's Josh doing? Josh, okay, this one's for for Nan. Just FYI, get it out of the way. It's buried in it's buried in the uh, in the montage, but uh, it is a tribute. Is it called tribute for my Nan? No, it actually is just called lemon, blackberry, and blackcurrant millifully. Yeah. It's interesting because he usually names everything, and he does not name this one. So I think at this point, he's like, I'm in the semifinals. My nan pushed me to bake. Like, everything's for her. (laughs) Just FYI, I'm going to shout her out. So, you know, that's fair. It's fair. It's hard. I feel I feel for him. He's obviously like really hurting from that loss. So I'm I'm sorry, Josh. I just really don't want you to fail. That's the only reason we get stressed out here is that True. it's too much pressure. Yeah. This is Josh we're talking about. So let's not trip on it. It's lemon creme diplomat with blackberry curd and jam decorations and then homegrown berries. 
you posh one. And then Piped Buttercream Peonies. They think it's a thing of beauty. <laughs> straight up. Yeah, it is a thing of beauty, straight up. Yeah, it is pretty wild. It has exceptional lamination, but Paul does come in with the criticism that it's slightly overbaked. My favorite part was his giggle when they reacted to biting into it for the first time. Did you know what I'm saying? Did you did you catch that? Like he gets delight from watching them get get that hurt first hit, and I was like, I don't know. He's a good baker. He's kind of great. Like he obviously. Josh has been my favorite, but like that's what makes it that it's not it's not about winning, it's about the effect on the person who eats it. That's what makes him special to me. And I think he's really proud of himself because this is a fiddly, fiddly thing. And what he's done when they cut it is it manages to completely retain its shape with nothing squirting out the sides. Right. Which it's layers of mousse and cream. Right. I mean, it would be very difficult for it not to smoosh, but it's so well done that it just completely stays intact and you just get this perfect knife cut, this perfect bite. I think that's also part of his delight is like, you did that. Yeah. Like, that's unbelievable. It is really next level work from someone who's been pretty strong all along, you know, but it does feel a little bit like a level up. So moving to Dan. Yeah, speaking of level up, what about Dan? Yeah, yeah, they expected him to do well, I think. I totally missed something in this mm. because... All right, so Dan's doing a tiramisu flavors shaped guitar. Did you miss the Sam Fender stuff? Because I've got you. Yeah, not that. Okay. He said, I wrote Dan missed a gig? Question mark exclamation point because he said... Yeah. He missed a gig because he didn't think he was going to make it and bake off that long. Yes. Now, I did not catch the first time around that he had bought tickets to a gig. Yes. I thought Dan was playing a gig. And I said, why have we buried the lead? Uh-huh. Dan's in a band. I think Dan is also play also plays based on his enthusiasm for, I don't know, Sam Fender's place in the, the world of British pop or rock music or whatever music i have no idea but like it felt like the kind of musician that another musician would like okay sam fender's number two song on spotify most played number two song is hypersonic missiles by the way oh so it is sam fender so because his cake is called hypersonic yes it is so and also is sam fender known for playing a blue guitar i suppose yes it said it was in tribute for a musical hero. Sure. You can get that teal mirror colorway on a Strat for sure, for sure. Because I have been trying to Google blue electric guitar and who was famous for playing it, and I'm not getting... I mean, they may just be one of those people that doesn't do alt tuning, so they just play one guitar all the time forever. But there's no musician that you can think of off the top like, oh... I mean, uh, uh, what, what are you asking? Who would play a blue electric guitar? Like he has he's... a blue. I'm looking at a picture. He's playing a blue jazz master. But although this, I see another picture where he's playing a white strat. But I mean, he probably is famous for a blue jazz master, if I had to guess. So it's got to be that. And then also, there is a reference made because Noel's into it when he's pulling the mirror glaze on the guitar because he's doing this blue mirror glaze over the top. Mm-hmm. And it's from the, it looks like the Brothers in Arms album. 
what? Technically, uh, that's you talk about the Dire Straits album with Money for Nothing. It's called Brothers in Arms. It's called Brothers in Arms, and it's technically it's a steel guitar with like, but it is a blue background, but it is not in fact like a blue strat or anything. That's just what it reminds him of. Okay, it's literally a it's a steel guitar with a steel resonator on it, so it is like, but it's Dire Straits. But it is Dire Straits, yeah. So Dan is doing this really impressive guitar. It's it's pretty cool. Dan also helps Tasha at one point during this, which is really sweet. And I think Dan really likes Tasha. But he's doing Coffee Creme Diplomat Amaretto Mousse. Unfortunately, when it comes to judging, he kind of messes up his layers because he has a chocolate layer of mousse as well because it's mm-hmm. pretty classic tiramisu flavors. He does his chocolate in the middle, which squirches the creme i think it's amaretto underneath it right it smushes it because it's too soft and the chocolate cream is very very heavy that chocolate mousse like the physical weight of it the physical weight of the chocolate is more and so they call him out on it in judging and he says yeah yeah i really i wish i hadn't done that and also it's melting a little bit i guess the mousse wasn't exactly set so that's causing it to scorch down even a little more sure but it's not great but they do like the decoration they like the flake his pastry is very very good Mm -hmm. so that lamination that buttery layers that they want is there the cream is delicious the thing that's bad is the mirror glaze the mirror glaze is rubbery which yeah that sounds gross it's rubbery and they call it out but then in the summation they say, oh, yeah, the mirror glass is rubbery, but it's kind of worth it for the decoration. And they're like, yeah, it's just a little bit, too, That in, in the in the wrap-up. Why don't they say that, then, to Dan I don't on know, the spot? because I feel like they make him feel like it's a critical error, and then they kind of soften it, you know, five minutes later, and are like, ah, it was no so big deal. It was a pretty crazy-looking bake, though. Oh, yeah, I agree. I was like, what are you guys doing? They they don't want to give him Star Baker. Yeah, maybe that's Dan's had it. it twice. They don't want to give it to him. They want to give it to Josh, so they have to be critical of Dan. Okay. So that Dan knows, yeah, I'm probably not going to get Star Baker, even though I got a handshake this week, even though... That's fair. And I think you can basically say, like, hey, guess what? Like, this is a great decorative effect, but it, you know, you and I both know this is rubbery. You know what I mean? And then that would just be the end of it. That's that. Yeah. Exactly right. Um. Okay. So it's Tasha's freaking birthday. Why don't you take us through? Happy birthday, Tasha. Happy birthday, Tasha. Did you forget that? It's Tasha's birthday. I did not forget that. It is. She's making a mango mojito millefoilier. And for some reason, she's chosen to do inverse puff pastry. Why? I don't know. Why? Why? The sword of Damocles. (laughs) Slender, slender thread. And Prue says straight away. Yeah. It's harder. Yeah, just pivot. Oh, Napru says, not only is it harder, I don't know how to do it. <laughs> so it's like, Prue doesn't know how to do it. Don't do this. Stop it, Tasha. Don't do this to yourself. But I would say they've practiced, they have time, so she knows how to do that. But that does not appear to be the case. So this this thing has, it's it's a lime and mint mousse with a mango curd and then a white chocolate cup with a mango rose in the center of it. So the big thing that happens is that she takes her pastry out of the fridge and it's just turned into a solid block. She doesn't trust that it's laminated, even though she's doing this technique no one's familiar with, but the inverse puff pastry. Noel talks her into just baking it for the heck of it and hoping for the best, which she does. And it, in fact, does work out. She did the inverse puff 
pastry correctly, which is the weirdest thing. But like she seems so shook when she takes it out of the fridge and it's not it doesn't look right. Like I'm like, you practice this multiple times, right? What is it supposed to look like? What is it supposed to look like? You would have to have an idea if you've done this rare technique that no one's familiar with more than once like it just seems i mean it's one of these things this is what i talk about is like this is not an example of them being a bad baker this is an example of where a great baker and a a super baker do you know what i mean somebody makes the right call or the wrong call at a critical moment and it makes or breaks their thing yep and it's that's where we're at you know little mistakes are going to cost you big yep and unfortunately they think it's not square enough that's stupid but they think the lamination is incredible so it's like take your square and throw it out the window maddie's were tilted maddie's are literally like (laughs) right yeah but hers isn't square i also felt like looking at the other three bakes hers looked pretty rudimentary from a design standpoint. Do you know what I'm saying? So I think they could have probably said something more along those lines that like, this is pretty simplistic design wise. And you see where everybody else's head was at. I think that would have been a fair criticism, but they just go with not square enough. She has good flavors and they like it except for the, the critical error is that her mango curd is grainy. So they kind of allude to her earlier in the, I believe it's in the tech, see the tech or the sig, one of her uh, elements gets clodgy, right? Was it the frangipan? It's the fran- It's the, the, the Swiss meringue buttercream. Oh, okay. No, then it's the signature. All right. That was claggy. Okay. I think they're sort of telegraphing. She finishes something and then moves on to the next and doesn't necessarily come back and check to see like, uh uh-oh, what's the setup on this? So she just uses the mango curd as is, and it proves to be kind of a critical error ultimately, because that is really the only fault other than the not square, which I'm not counting. That is the only criticism. But her pastry was, they said it was incredible lamination. So not only did her experiment work, you know what I mean? It worked at it regardless of, of how she felt about it in the middle of it. It did work. So in the patisserie challenge, why are we saying goodbye to the person whose pastry was great and keeping the person who straight up Paul did not like his pastry? Yeah, I think it's presentational at this point. As I, I was saying, like Maddie presented, you know, a bake that's like, I am not going home. If I have anything to say about it, you know what I mean? And then as you say, the pa- the the pastry itself is kind of meh, but it looked incredible. It was very much a showstopper in look, whereas Tasha's didn't really look like much of a showstopper. I am upset. You are. <laughs> but tell us who Starbaker is. Starbaker is Josh this week. And I think he, you know, this is the second time for him. And I think. He could have won it a bunch of other times. Yeah, he definitely could have. I'm glad he won it this week because I think he really outdid himself. He did well. I think if Dan had, I don't know what Dan would have had to do. Yeah, I really don't know. Like he really, like Dan also really rose to the challenge. They wanted to give it to Josh. That's that. Yeah, probably so. They wanted to give it to Josh. Yeah, probably so. But then again, that, that rubbery, I mean, like I say, it's just for an effect. It's like a thing you put on for decoration, just throw it away and don't eat it. Eat the rest. Mirror Glaze is always going to be like that. 
I can't imagine that it's ever not rubbery, but that's fine. So Manhattan slap in the face. Unfortunately, it is Tasha. I don't think it should have been Tasha. You don't think it should have been Tasha? I I mean, I feel like I, I give up on arguing to the contrary their decisions at this point. But now that we've discussed it, I think you have made a fairly solid case for why it should. For the pastry? For yeah. why it would be Maddie, specifically. How about if I just make a solid case for, I think we could have had four in the finale. Uh-huh. Can I just make that case? You think? How about just don't send her home on her birthday? <laughs> How about let's just keep four in the finale? It's absolutely fine. We've had it a couple of times. Just have four in the finale. Yeah. Nobody did bad enough to go home. And they've said that before. Right. So just keep four in the final. Mm-hmm. I think that would be okay. And I think that people would really like to see Tasha in the final. I would certainly like to see Tasha in the final. I would have liked to seen Tasha win it. I was thinking if I was a producer and my job was to sell the legacy and ancillary junk that probably a Bake Off winner sells, right? Like a cookbook, a you know, masterclass, who knows, whatever kind of stuff they get up to licensing. Tasha would be who I would want. 100%. It's got to be hard with Josh. <laughs> so I'm saying like, oh, another soft-spoken dude. With a conservatory. With a conservatory one Bake Off again. Cool. Which is why I don't know if Josh is actually going to win. Yeah, you think? I think we're in a dead heat between Josh and Dan. Yeah. I'm sorry to discount Maddie. I could be wrong. Yeah. I honestly do think Maddie's just happy to make it. We have one more episode. Is Maddie going to like accidentally win? I don't believe it. He might. Prue loves him. Prue has loved him from the jump and she might be like, hey, Paul, you got the final say last year. This is my final say. Maddie's taking home the prize. Maddie's going to do just enough to, to accidentally win Bake Off. I feel like Dan will take it over Josh. I think Dan will win. I mean, I could see it again. If I'm selling, you know, a Bake Off cookbook, I want somebody with some spicy excitement type personality. So Dan would be the guy. Been going out on a limb on flavors. Mm-hmm. He got Paul to like matcha this he week. He got Paul to like Dan matcha. had a strong week when he needed a strong week. Yeah, he did. That's true. He and, he and he also didn't, we've talked about like all of these second guessing, like, oh, let's excise this ingredient or let's re, re-scope. Sure. He didn't do that. He was like, no, you're going to like this matcha. Yeah, it was good. And they do like a bookend uh-huh. where someone does really well at the beginning uh, tricky in the middle comes back and nails it at the end that definitely could be a dan story i mean we're we'll see next week but i think it's dan's for the taking right i now. maybe so he might win it he might obviously we got a 50 50 well it's not 50 50 but i mean it is and maddie is naturally going to be kimberly's team next week <laughs> so i don't know what that means it means she might win yeah well but maddie's gonna be moving for her yeah well Maddie might win. I don't know. I, I He could. He could. They really like him. I don't know why. I think it's because he, he doesn't seem to take it all that seriously, that it's hard to take him seriously, even though Dan is also pretty goofy. I mean, Josh definitely is a very serious maker. It still feels like Dan is a little more serious than Maddie. I think that's fair. I think Dan just isn't winging it the same way Maddie is. Correct. Dan, like, okay, you know, he might have had some struggles, but like, who, you know, he's secretly a patisserie guy. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, that's a high level skill set. It really is. 
And we'll see what they make them. They're going to have them do all sorts of crazy stuff next week. They are. So we'll see what happens. But I feel like also, though, Josh is really going to shine. I agree. Because whatever Josh is making, he will have practiced it and he will be ready. And he does not seem like he's somebody who gets in his head or gets the yips. He doesn't seem to mess up. That's what I'm saying. There's been a couple of ill-conceived bakes, but mostly... Solid. Pretty solid. Yeah. Solid. Okay, Tasha, we love you and we'll miss you. Does Josh call anybody? I don't remember. No, he doesn't get a chance, I don't think. That's not nice. I think they talk more about... He gets to talk about his nan and how she would have been to the finals yeah and yeah so oh. i think that was more the wrap-up perspective i will say i am excited to learn a little bit more about they do delve into the families more next week mm-hmm. we'll learn a little bit more about josh yeah and so that will answer a lot of questions about the conservatory i think if we see any monocles we're gonna know what's up though yeah immediately monocle or an ascot if i see an ascot anywhere yeah. near that baking tent <laughs> all right everybody join us next week for the final and on your mark get set a day with a bake do the bake